Slag Guy. Hello and welcome once again to the Slag Guy podcast, the people's podcast, the podcast in which I speak about stuff for 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, that's that's the gist of the podcast. That's it in a nutshell. How are we all doing? How is everybody's form? This week um, has been a long one, let's be fair. It sort of culminated by having a snow morning. I want to say a snow day, but um, a snow day lasts an entire day. This was a snow morning. We got out in the snow, myself and the kids, built two very basic snowmen. Um, if anything, shit, you would say. Um, but obviously, you don't want to just admit that to a three-year-old child. You want to be like, see that snowman you made? It's bollocks. You know, it's a crap attempt at a snowman. And I should just be careful um, in what I, I'm calling it a snowman. I know some people may be offended by that term. I should have said a snow person because technically I didn't give my snowman any particular genitalia to differentiate it between any genders or, or to be non-gendered. In fact, what I did, I, I actually built both genders on my snow person. I built a penis inside um, the, the snow person's vagina. Now, not in, in a sexual way. It, it was inverted. It was facing out the way so it was it was a snow person anyway we're losing a run of ourselves but the snow day um wasn't a lot of fun and now this is the day after the snow morning it is it is sunday it's valentine's day the day of love the day of sexy sexiness i guess the day of sexiness the day of love the day in which clinton cards celebrates making some major dough by a holiday that's just been made up probably by Clinton Cards, or indeed by Hallmark, who I believe are like the original kings of 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 cards. You know, back in the in the American card world. I mean, I don't know if that's that's a thing, but listen, if I don't know about something, do I shy away from it? No, I dive into it head first and get stuck in. I make mistakes, but this is what we're all about. Welcome. To this week's Slag Eye podcast. Whoa. Sometimes, here's the thing, right? See, with this podcast, I just kind of wing it. I talk about things. I throw stuff out there. And sometimes I'm like, I'll just start. I'll just start and see where the podcast goes. I'll start I'll start talking about things and that'll make a lot of sense, you know? But then, obviously, the introduction is weird and people might be like, what the fuck is this podcast that we're listening to? But here we are. And um, we're here anyway, and I appreciate you tuning in to what a lot of people do call the most underrated podcast in the country. But we're doing it. It's nice to be here as usual. It's nice to be speaking to you. Again, listen, I'm a bit fed up that we're still having to record the podcast in my dining room. I'm very hopeful that if restrictions loosen slightly, you know, we'll get back in the studio. I'm hoping for March. I'm actually, you know what? The Snake Rat listens to this because he is a producer of the podcast. So we'll hear this. I just want to say, Ben, listen, whatever happens, let's get back in the studio in March. Get yourself a wee mask. We'll use sanitizer with enough distance. We don't have to be near each other. It'll be safe. Let's get back in the studio for the listeners. They need it. We've got this sweet new microphone and sound system. We just need to get back in the studio. And once again, like Gordon Ramsay. At one of his many restaurants, we are cooking with gas, you know. But listen, another couple of weeks here and we'll be back where we need to be. Because I know a lot of people like to watch this podcast um, on the YouTube, you know. Um, that's that's uh, that's fine, I appreciate that. And maybe some people think, you know, it's not visually as exciting when we're here in my dining room. Which, let's be fair, 
it isn't okay. You know, it's not as nice as being in the bespoke Sly Guy studio. And as each as each each week passes that we're here, the more the more I start thinking about fuck it, let's just paint this back wall black and stick a Sly Guy logo on it. Now, is it my dining room that I actually have in my own house? Yes. Would my wife be really cross about that? Yes. But let's just hope we get back in the studio soon because this is not a sweet backdrop. But listen, you guys, the listeners. The the supporters of the podcast have been keeping the listen numbers up, and I appreciate that. Um, I know for me personally, I'm a, I'm an audio guy. When I listen to podcasts, I like to listen on the go when I'm driving. You know, like stick it on, play it through the speakers in the car, and just listen to the podcast on the go. You know, that's what I like. So I hope that you guys who are audio guys will appreciate the new and improved audio, and hopefully that's been pleasant in your ears to enjoy. Because, you know, we, I don't really get much time to, like, sit and watch stuff on the TV. And whenever I do watch stuff, I think my wife would have a problem if I said, listen, can I watch a podcast on the TV? She'd be like, no, you can't. You're either doing podcasts, thinking about podcasts, or you're um, creating a new podcast just to spend less time with me. So when the time you do spend with me, we're not watching podcasts. We're watching TV and or Netflix now. This week, we, 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 we got a series into us this week, a whole entire series, albeit it was a limited series, but a series nonetheless. Um, if we're just having like a casual night and we don't want to get involved with too much in the way of like, you know, like, like a hard-hitting full drama series, you know, something really, really serious, really heavy, you know, something like Men Behaving Badly, you know, we would would normally save that for like you know for, for our focused attention whereas if we were like you know chilling having our dinner just something in the background we would watch more light-hearted entertainment now a lot of people want to know what 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 goes on in the Elliot household you know a lot a lot of things but also what goes on on the tv is we would watch stuff like like the most recent series we finished was par par which is good, you know, that's more of a focus thing, but like, light entertainment, what do we like? We like shows that involve places, travelling, and quirky communities. So the shows we like to watch are anything Jersey Shore related, because I just love those guys. I don't know why. On paper, you'd be like, this would not be a show for Dave. But I think now they're all old guys with kids and stuff. I love it. I enjoy that. I like I've, I like to watch The Glens, I think it's called, the BBC NI show, about just like The Glens of Antrim, which is a nice time. And the reason why we started watching The Glens was because, because um, the Blues weren't playing? No, because um, we liked Devon and Cornwall, which is one of my favourite shows as well. It's just about the goings-on in Devon and Cornwall. And I mean, it's a nice time. Lots of, like... There was a new uh, port defence wall being put in in a wee village yesterday that I was watching. Lovely time. You know, there's things like bringing animals to shows. Fun stuff like that. You know, exciting things like that. I like to watch, you know, lighthearted entertainment to let what I, what little hair I have left down. Um, but this week was a Netflix week of excitement where I was getting pumped about a show. A show that I've been waiting for for a number of weeks now it's finally dropped and i was excited it was it was one of those shows you know shows that you get excited about netflix that you put on your list before they're released so whenever it comes out you're like oh yes there it is the last thing like that that i got excited about and put on my list was the night stalker and hey 
what an enjoyable documentary that was. Very um, well done. Creepy, gripping, true crime drama about the serial killer Ricardo Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker. Um, so what's that? Enjoyed that a lot. Would recommend. This new show, again, true crime. I was waiting for it for a number of weeks. I saw the advertisement for it. I was like, on the list. Straight away, buzzing. And the show was Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Now, I just want to say, hey, listen, it's not the Cecil. It's Cecil. There's one E, you know. I worked with a fella called Cecil once. If you called him Cecil, he'd drop the nut in you in a second. You know, he would not like it. He'd be like, listen, my name's not Cecil. It's fucking Cecil. So call me Cecil. So I was buzzing about seeing this show. You know, I thought to myself... This is going to be great. There's, I have an interest in this particular place, the Cecil Hotel, because I nearly stayed in it a few years ago. And then I looked it up online and I was like, nah, probably don't want to stay there. So this show is coming out. I was getting excited about it. Let's say, like, excited. You know, I was buzzing for it. And, um, you know, here comes a spoiler alert. So if you're going to watch it, you know, maybe stop listening to this next part. But spoiler alert, so shit. Like, honestly, I thought it was four episodes. I think they were an hour long each. What a waste of bastard time that show was. Like, after one episode, I'd have gone, if I'd have sw- switch, switched off, I'd have gone, okay, that, that'll do me. You know, it's 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 not for me. Because, like, when it started off, you know, it started off very, very promising. It sort of, like, gave you a bit of history of the hotel, you know, kind of told you that this... This the Cecil Hotel was like built sort of in 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 Hollywood early stages of Hollywood that era old old Hollywood era when Hollywood the sign was Hollywood Land you know it was being developed it was like the old old school movie star scene you know it was just classic vintage Hollywood and it's an interesting era an era that I would you know like I like to see things from that time it it interests me you know it's an interesting era but this particular hotel has also a very interesting past starting from when it was built there was like there have been undoubtedly horrific things that have happened in this particular building and murders suicides you know drug overdoses and and like it's not it's not just people dying you know it's not just people just being found dead it's People dying in horrific ways, like raped, strangled, having their throats cut, just fucked out a 10th floor window. Like horrible, horrific, awful things. Um, they're happening. There's actually a one case which I, I'd known about but seen in this about somebody who jumped off the hotel to commit suicide and landed on some old guy just on the street. So he was dead too. Like Imagine that. You're just an old guy just deciding to yourself, listen, I'll head out, I'll get the newspaper... I go back to the house, feed up, read it. So imagine like like me, going out, hands in your pockets, down into the shop to get a Sunday life, and then you look up, and before you can say, bollocks, someone's crashed down on top of you, and your titty bread. You know, that's going to be potentially as sly as you can get. You know, if you're smiling, like, that's the worst thing. See, it's bad enough if you die, but see if you're just doing something so innocuous and mind your own business. Like, that guy's probably up in heaven going, oh, for fuck's sake. Of all the ways they go, like, you know, 
it's it's just not sweet in the slightest. And at, at the time, whenever they found this guy, they thought maybe he had jumped, and they're like, nah, guys, his hands in his pockets. He had his shoes on, which is a sign, apparently, if you jump, your shoes come off. Well, my message is, if you're going to be doing that, tighten them. You know, tie your laces, you know, and then do it. But he did that, and, you know, it was just, it was just shit. You know, what a terrible way to go. So a lot of people have died in this hotel and oh there goes my phone out of my pocket i should have made a joke that, that was my penis falling out but uh, it's very small um so yeah it was just it was an interest in the actual history of the hotel and knowing what sort of went on there serial killers stayed there you had um the ricardo ramirez the night stalker himself stayed there for a bit and even in this documentary they were like yeah and he would have just been you know he, he would have actually come back to the hotel on the 14th floor just gone to his room just taking clothes off in the alleyway and then just walked up to his room my question being who's the eyewitness reports seeing a dude come to a hotel soaked in blood just taking his gear off throwing an alleyway walking up to the room and not phoning the police and that guy to go here listen there's a guy that regularly comes back here covered in blood you know that in and of itself problematic you know so that was like the history of the hotel first sort of episode which at this point i'm enjoying it you know what i mean i'm thinking to myself this is a good show it's what i what i want then it sort of focuses on one particular case um, that went on in the hotel and that was the case of a canadian um tourist called elisa lamb now basically um elisa lamb ended up dying at the hotel and was found dead naked in a water tank on the roof of the hotel which is in and of itself very creepy situation very odd situation that that um had happened to her and what was extra gross about it was whenever she was found it was only because water pressure in the hotel had, had dropped and people were saying that the water was tasting a bit a bit iffy you know it was a bit brown and a bit iffy um and then so the a caretaker went up to the roof to check he's like what the fuck's wrong he's what a bollocks that's what's wrong that there's a person in it there is somebody in there steeping like a tea bag and we don't need that there's a problem so that's how they found her up there which was pretty pretty horrific so there's this big manhunt for her for days you know she gone missing people are like where's she gone again weird that they searched the whole hotel and didn't look in there you know but that was it they were sort of saying where's she gone something's happened to her this is terrible then footage emerged of her inside a, a lift inside the hotel acting what can only be described as very peculiarly very peculiarly very strange i'll probably say very peculiarly you know that she was being very strange in a lift like it can only be kind of i don't know how to i don't even know how to describe the footage you know it's just like she was being very strange like you know she was like like peeking out of the lift looking around the corners to be like he like it was almost like she's playing like some sort of strange game of like hide and seek or something he you know it was weird she was like stepping against the wall like just looked like she was i guess i want to say slightly you know possessed or something she looked like she might have been you know if you believe in all of that you thought to yourself that maybe this girl's possessed by the devil or something you know if you believe in all that but it was just very strange behavior um and then so she ended up being found dead and people are looking at this footage going like how did she end up dead you know how did she die was she murdered that's the initial thought is was she murdered now when the program started getting a little bit weird to me 
was it started bringing in YouTubers now, like with opinions, you know, web web sleuths as they were called. Which I mean, I, I think it's a weird title, and I think that that web sleuths or YouTubers are maybe not the the guys to be doing that. You know, these guys are YouTubers, they're vloggers. You know, they're not police, not detectives, they're vloggers, and they just decide. Listen, something's fishy here. We're going to get to the bottom of it and we're going to see what's going on. Now, I want to say they're conspiracy theorists and they're vloggers or YouTubers, conspiracy theorists. And ultimately, like 9 out of 10 conspiracy guys, they're not entirely... I, I, I don't want to say, you know, they're, they're, they're missing something, these guys. You know what I mean? They're like, I don't want to say losers because that's a bit harsh, but you know what I mean? Let's just say they're probably there's a lot. They have a lot of like Star Wars figurines on shelves in their houses. You know, like if you were to go into their top drawer beside their bed, you're more likely to find, you know, a Jar Jar Binks Warhammer toy than you are a pack of condoms. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, they have di- different priorities, different courses for different horses or different horses for different courses. Whatever way that saying works, it's the one of the way, but. They're not the kind of guys whose opinions are going to be effectively very productive in terms of a of a, a of a detective case of a missing persons case. And there's one particular guy who I found to be especially weird, and like he made me feel a bit uncomfortable. You know, he was like he came on and was like, "I wasn't happy with what was going on in this case. Um, I I had to investigate this." myself and the guy went on to say you know i i'm not exaggerating here but i put in over a thousand hours worth of investigation into this case and you're sort of thinking to yourself a thousand hours like let me put that into perspective one thousand hours is over 40 days and that's not like 40 just from being awake 40 full days you know that's 40 days of just being at your computer investigating no pissing no eating no no shitting no sleeping just consistently that's like saying on january 1st you're like my or 31st of december sorry you're like my new year's resolution is for 40 days non-stop i'm going to investigate this case and then you just stay there until like the 10th of february you know that's longer than most people last in your, your new year's resolutions and this guy has solely investigated in to the case you know what i mean and with all due respect that guy what a loser you know what are you doing in your life that you can afford to put a thousand hours of investigation into this like and by investigation i assume he means just sitting behind a computer screen talking to other dorks in chat rooms and they just from their sort of conspiracy world think they have a better take on the case than experienced detectives who have access to the actual crime scene and proper evidence. You know what I mean? Like, they think, oh, listen, there's something up here. We need to get to the bottom of it, and we are going to solve this. Whereas, like, actual police with evidence won't know as much. And what was funny was the evidence that they were looking at from their web sleuth point of view, some of it was being concealed by the police because they're like... <coughs> You know, obviously we're not going to put the full evidence like just out in public because that's fucking stupid. It would compromise the case. So these guys are going off already strewn evidence that aren't isn't even accurate, and they're coming up with these ridiculous kind of conspiracy theories as to what happened. Basically, you know what I mean. And 
And therein lies the problem with the internet and social media. You know, people can say whatever they like, form whatever opinion that they want, and then they'll spout it and say it, and like other idiots will just get on top of it. And then, you know, they will take that as fact, even though it's just based on opinion. No, solo the police and investigators have all this evidence, and everybody, oh no, we're looking into it. You know, these people, these sleuths, I guess you'd call them, um, decided that they, you know, knew what was going on in the case, and they decided that they're just going to say, listen, we know, in fact, who murdered her. She was murdered, we know who did it, and it was this guy. And the guy who they went for was like a murderer, like how you miss in this place is a death metal guitarist called Morbid. Now, let me just say, if ever there was a case of judging a book by its cover, this is what they did to Morbid. Now, yes, this guy Morbid, he's a freak. No doubt about it. He's got a freakish sense of style. His style, you know, it's... It, 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 it's it it's not a million miles off, you know, another guy who's pretty prevalent in the news at the minute, Maz Manson. You know, he's got that sort of like white paint all over his face, long black hair, he's got like some blood marks in his face. Ah, got the the um the the, the fake eye colour lenses in, you know, it's, it's overall just like a freaky looking dude. And they're like, no, I'm morbid killed her because he wrote a song about death in water and then she died in water and he was at the Cecil Hotel and like stop calling it the Cecil Hotel it's a fucking Cecil and he was there and um, they were like he did it he was at the hotel he killed her now again with the web sleuths being the way in which they are these online conspiracy troll guys are like he did it he did it he did it didn't look at the actual fact that he was at the Cecil Hotel but yeah a full year before you know she was there you know so this guy you know definitely a weird guy definitely a death metal dude rock on but maybe a murderer no you know uh those guys are morons you know so but again being like those those what what those kind of internet people do you know those guys who like sort of view themselves as like self-righteous internet social justice warriors they did what all good people like that do they throw the life out of the guy until he's basically suicidal and decided hey fuck it i'm quitting music I'm not doing it anymore. The thing I love, I'm ditching it because I'm being mercilessly trolled by these fucking know-it-alls on Facebook telling me I murdered this girl who I've like I've never met. You know, the guy actually had to do an apology video or an apology video, like a, a video to say he was innocent, you know, and like, again, when he did it, he wore a really weird mask and distorted his voice. Strange behaviour, but the guy's called Morbid, you know. The guy is called Morbid, Morbid is just, I think it just translates as to do with death, you know, that's, you know, that's what he is, the death guy, so he writes songs about death, he is death metal, and he's called Morbid, and these guys are like, he killed her, all he should have done in that instance be like, oh, when was he staying at the hotel, oh, it was a year before, and then he go, alright, sorry about that, Morbid, not these guys, they just assume that's what happened, and they said he killed her, that was it, and then that was the case. Now, obviously, all these guys put a lot of time and effort, these sleuths, these dork dudes, into the case. And then basically what happened, they're just like, nah, it was, you know, that's that's not what happened. You know, basically, when, again, this is a problem that people do make decisions based on opinion rather than fact. You know, whenever the facts started being added together about what happened to Elisa Lam, you saw that she 
was unwell. You know, that's literally it. A clearly very unwell woman who had a bad mental episode and unfortunately, for whatever reason, got into a water tank and tragically drowned. That was it. That's what they should have had one episode of this show, then said that. And then that would have been fine, you know. But obviously to make this show, they had to have some sort of alternative info. They had to try and build up a sense of allure and intrigue into the case. Which, by the way, they did. Episode 1, I was scared. I had the willies going to bed. And also when I turned on the light to go upstairs, the electrics tripped in my house. So I was like, oh no, the Cecil ghosts are in my house. It's not uh, It's not very good for me. You know, I didn't like it. Um, and it gave me the willies. But... That's what they did. They they sort of built that that episode those episodes up and made it kind of dra- drag on a little bit. And now the sister of Elisa Lam did come out and say like basically the behaviour of her in the elevator. She was like like listen she's she's done stuff like this before. You know she's had mental health issues and you know we try to help her but you know sometimes this sort of behaviour it's it's not out of the ordinary basically for her. You know but but they were like oh no it can't be morbid killed her you know. And then they were saying, like, oh, she was found with the lid on the water tank. Again, in the actual series, episode two, more spoilers, um, the caretaker was like, yeah, whenever I went up to see the water, um, why it was going slow, why it was brown, um, I went on top, looked in, and saw Elisa Lam. Then he actually said the, the, the hatch was open when I went up there. And then you can only assume he just popped the lid back on when the, so it was, you know, a bit of decency, keep her covered out of the sunlight, whatever, and then until the police came. So... They're all going, oh, she couldn't have put the lid on herself because she'd be underwater. And it's like, no, well, the the caretaker must have done it because the lid was off um, whenever she was found. You know what I mean? And the, the guy who was, like, given off the most about it, and he was, like, you know, really into it, and he was just the creepy guy that I would be sort of the most concerned about in the whole um, show... Uh, was it was like, I couldn't rest. I couldn't rest till I knew what happened to Lisa Lam. I could not rest until I knew what happened to her. And then all it would have taken would be the police to be like, listen, you know, this, this is what happened. Like, even their autopsy, they were like, no, it couldn't happen, I guess. And they're like, well, it did, you know. Pathologists aren't going to lie about that. But um, they looked at that, and he was like, I can't rest until I have closure. All in all, at the same time, while he's doing this sort of shit, making blogs, visiting her gravesite, and just fucking trapsing around this hotel, making videos for YouTube, is her parents probably can't get over it, you know? So while you're trying to get over stuff for yourself, Mr. Weird Online Guy, you know, maybe just pack it in and let the girl rest in peace, let her family have a bit of closure. Maybe think about that, eh? You know? And also maybe when we're thinking about things, the police maybe... Just maybe keep a wee eye on that guy's internet activity. You know, we spend thousands of hours looking at things and a case, an investigation that he has no body about. Maybe just see what else he's doing online. You know, there may be other things that he's getting up to that may be problematic. You know, that's just what I'm thinking on that front. That being said, what I will say about the show that, that was something that I actually spoke to my wife Catherine about afterwards was it was interesting to see how people view mental health. Like her mental health, she suffered from bipolar disorder and wasn't like Elisa Lam this is, not my wife because I realised the way I said that, it might have sounded. But Elisa Lam suffered from bipolar disorder, wasn't taking the medicine as it was prescribed to her, um, but yet 
that whole maybe you know she just had a a bad mental episode was totally ignored by like the majority of the web sleuths and all these guys i hate that phrase by the way a web sleuth basically youtubers you know that was overlooked because you know i think how it was presented like elisa lamb looked like a a fairly you know she's a, a pretty um seemingly very normal girl you know in any photos you see over you think oh she's a good looking girl she looks you know like she doesn't have you know anything wrong with her you know that you look at her and you just think oh she's just another like an average person you know what i mean you wouldn't like by looking at her assume there were these difficulties that she was was going through and obviously her mental health wasn't managed correctly whether that was by herself or whatever and unfortunately ended up costing her life which is terrible you know i mean you don't want that to be the case but I think what was interesting about it and we discussed was because she looked this way and seemed to be like, you know, she's a young, a student, a sm- like a smart, normal, a pretty girl. You just assume she was fine. And people are very quick, I think, to assume that if you look a certain way, you're grand. You know, like she couldn't have just, it couldn't have just been attributed to her having a little episode. Something must have happened to her. No, she couldn't have just had like a, a bad mental period and then you know this accident happened there had someone killed her you know what i mean and like even in the documentary like people were saying the people she was roomed with were like we need to move because we think this this girl there's something wrong with her you know they didn't know obviously to the to what extent but um it was just interesting because you can't you can't tell how somebody is just by how they look you know i think then that's a problem um in terms of mental health like you would look at somebody and maybe judge them when you don't know that they could just be in a real shit place like you could look at her and think oh she looks totally with it and totally normal but really she's having you know a a really bad time and and mental health mental health problems mental health difficulties can be suffered by anybody no matter how how sort of good looking they are how successful they are you know mental health doesn't have any you know physical signs you know some people can hide it you know obviously it does have physical signs but it can also be a silent the issue it could be a problem people are suffering with inside their own head you know it could just be that that sort of mental issue for example you know when people were saying oh ted bundy couldn't be a serial killer because he was handsome you know i would disagree about the fact of being handsome to me average looking guy you know jeffrey Dahmer, on the other hand mm, yummy but you know you look at him and if you're just judging all oh, good looking people can't do that you'd be like you know the, the hell you know and I, I just think especially in times that we're going through at the minute like with lockdown and other things going on like lockdown definitely brings feelings out in people that maybe they haven't had before you know and and i don't mean any sort of sexual feelings or anything just like feeling especially shit or having difficulties with with their mental health that maybe they haven't had before and i think that's you know was what we were chatting about about this this film was that elisa lamb looked grand you know in terms of the photos you see what's presented over but then you see from what you assume again always just assuming by looking at people then you see her in the lift you're like that's something not right there when realistically her sister was like that's kind of she has these moments you know so if you knew you know and and that's the problem the people you might know your friend your family somebody who you might be having a tough time is having a tough time and i think this week for me was probably my most difficult week in terms of of, of lockdown and stuff um, and I, I just didn't realize because kind of plowed on a bit you know and it was only when I finished doing the radio show on Friday night um, that all of a sudden it just felt awful like just a real sort of 
feeling a depression in my tummy, like a real, like I'd just been hit in the gut. And yeah, it, it was it was weird. Like there was no real reason that I could think of for me feeling like that, other than it was just you know I'd I'd had a I'd had a busy week, a bad week, you know I guess. But then all of a sudden I just felt like I could cry. Like I finished the radio, I was just sitting in my car for like ten minutes, and I was like. I just feel really sad, you know, it's really down out of nowhere, there was no reason, and then I started thinking to myself, there's no reason for me to feel like this, what a, what a weirdo, and thinking about it at the time, I was like, oh, maybe it's because I got so uh, hyped up for the show, you know, I was buzzing for that hour and a half, that maybe I had some sort of like adrenaline dump or something, by the time it was finished, I came out and sat in the car, and I was just like, you know, but like, I had a lot on last week, a lot of a lot of stressful things happened, a busy week, the kids were wild, the weather was bad so we couldn't get out with them, just cooped up in the house, it was a tough week, but at the time it just felt grand because you just cope and you just do what you have to do to move on and get the next stage and like each day was just almost a battle, you just, you, 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 the day comes, you're like right, how can I hurry this day on? to get to bed, you know, how can I hurry this on, because it's just the monotony of lockdown and quarantine, it's just, it is, it is tough, and I actually went to bed at nine o'clock on Saturday night, I was just like, I'm busted, and I think, you know, now that I did that, I feel rested, I feel good, the, the feeling of, like, sadness in my, the pit of my stomach is, is, is done, like, you know, it's gone, I feel, you know, great about it again, and, and what I did that I think helped me was, was I spoke to my wife about it, you know, I just said, listen, I feel really sad, I don't know why, I don't know where it's coming from, there's nothing that's springing to my mind that's going to make me rationalise how I feel, you know, it was like, there's nothing that I can say, this is the cause of this, I just feel sad, and it was through saying that to her, she was like, alright, okay, well, well, what can I do for you, you know, what what can I do to make you feel better? And I was like, mm, probably nothing, you know, I just wanted to let you know that's how I'm feeling. So in case, like, you know, I go home and I'm in a mood or something or I'm just not myself, don't worry about me, I just feel a wee bit sort of down. So by telling her that, you know, that was that was great because she wasn't like, oh, snap out of it, you know, she was just like, what can I do to help? And I think knowing someone's there to share a problem that you, you have takes a big burden off and then again like two days later you know I feel like I'm grand again like and I think whenever I had probably my worst bout of I guess I mean depression really you know that was I haven't really felt had it for a few years now but whenever we moved house I was moving house getting married having kids all around the same time a lot of stressful things things that I think I'm coping with I just had a bad mental period where I went to the doctor and he was basically like yeah I'll give you antidepressants I decided against taking them because it did feel better by just talking about them and also they would have just kicked in the day I was due to get married like the actual date I was due to get married would have been the first day I got buzzed off my off my antidepressants so I didn't want to be doing that mainly because they're like you can't have a pint in your wedding day and I was like well I'm gonna have you know do that but it was interesting for me because I'd never had any issues never had anything that I could attribute to making me feel shit but then they were like, look, this happens. You know, you, you have bouts of um, difficulty with your mental health. It can happen to anybody. Um, and it's how you deal with it. And, you know, each person is different. For me, it was just chatting about it helped. Then now that I know what the, uh, what the I guess, triggers are or what the, the, the feelings are. And when you know you feel shit, for me now, rather than just initially just sort of lying on the sofa and feeling shit, I'll, I'll tell my wife, I'll be like, listen, I feel, I feel depressed for no reason. You know, even saying that, I feel depressed and somebody going to you 
that's all right. What can we do? You know, that makes you go, all right, you know, I'm not a burden on somebody else with how I'm feeling. I'm not going to put pressure on them. You're just, it is what it is. And you just have to try to, you know, cope with it. And for me, that's, you know, that's something I think worth, you know, talking about. And I think there's this, this part of me that thinks, you know, again, I'm not an expert in this. I can only speak from experience. But I think there's maybe some people who, you know, maybe get the same feeling in their gut that I got and they just feel like, oh, they're the problem or, you know, they just want to bottle it up. They don't want to speak to anybody. And maybe for some people when it gets so bad, they feel that the only way to remedy it is to hurt themselves or, or to take their lives even if it gets to that point. Um, and for me personally, you know, luckily I've never reached that point and I hope it never to again. And again, you can only sort of, you can only react to what goes on as it's happening. You know what I mean? And, and again, for me, the main thing was talking. So basically, in a roundabout way, the the Cecil Hotel show on Netflix was a bit shit. But out of that, it 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 sparked an interesting conversation, which you know, hopefully, people can can have. And the stigma around mental health can be something we can all address more. You know, and I know I've spoken about this before in the podcast, and people are probably like, "Oh fuck, here he goes again." But I do think it's such an important thing the talk, you know, for me personally, that was what, what the difference was, if I had gone to my doctor and felt no better, I would have gone in the de- antidepressants, you know, but I just thought to me, no, just speaking about it, being able to verbalise how I was struggling was like a weight off my shoulders, so if you have any friends or any family members you're worried about during lockdown or you you feel that they're maybe not themselves or you notice a difference in their behaviour or personality or attitude, just speak to them, you know, you don't have to you don't have to give any advice. You just have to offer yourself there to listen. A lot of times, you know, people aren't looking at advice if they're struggling or having difficulty. They just want you to be there to listen to their problems and not judge them or tell them to snap out of it or wise up or, you know, fucking move on. Just go, all right, that's how you feel. And, you know, again, hopefully that'll change. And I can only say from my experience, you know, anything that I have been through has felt better after speaking about it so guys listen just listen you know just guys just listen you know lend an ear be there for people that you think may need it if anyone reach out to you don't say they're being stupid don't say anything else just say all right what's up let's talk and then just be there and i think that's the message that i think would i would like to get out to people it's like it things do feel better you know maybe at some point at a time you don't know how that'll be possible but it does, you know, and for me, I feel good again now when I'm recording this podcast, I feel good, you know, and I mean, you know, this is the most gross segue in history, but what would also make me feel good would be if you bought tickets to my Ulster Hall show. Now, um, I just looked down on my, on my list of things to talk about and Ulster Hall just happened to be after the Cecil Hotel. So I ended up going from wanting to talk about the Cecil Hotel to promote the Ulster Hall. It literally just says promote the Ulster Hall. So that just has connected. And again, listen, that is something that I'm excited about. However, it is, uh, to an extent, a little bit stressful too. You know, so obviously I try not to worry about that side of things. It doesn't really get to me. But you know, if people were to buy all tickets, wouldn't have to promote it, it'd be grand, but I am doing the Ulster Hall as it stands under the 17th of December this year, tickets are on Ulster Hall website, and 
Ticketmaster. So please get your tickets if you want to come see me. It's going to be a really good show. I've got I've been writing more of it. It's feeling good. Can't wait to try it somewhere. I might even have to do like online gigs to just say the words so that I'm going to be saying in the show. So yes, um, that's that's what I need to promote. Basically, my Ulster Hall show. Um, other promotion that I have is Patreon. My Patreon's doing really, really nicely at the minute. I've started doing uh, an extra podcast over there, the Serial Killing a Podcast, where I talk about um, infamous serial killers and cases throughout history with a comedian guest. Um, now, the idea behind it is, yes, these are all very serious topics, with, you know, but again... There should be elements of humour and things, and if we as comedians can bring humour to even the more most darkest of, of cases, that's great. So that's what the serial killing the podcast is. There'll be twelve episodes of that coming out. Episode three is out this Friday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's out tomorrow on my Patreon, and it's gonna be featuring Ruri Woods, where we talk about the case of the the ripper of rostov andre chikatilo very interesting case very fun episode to be fair woodsy was a cracking guest so check that out on my patreon by the way um over there too i now have a new tier on patreon for um slyhards so if you're one of my original patrons and you you are subscribed to my patreon for five dollars a month you are a rider sly you're the day ones you've been there from the start so you get all the bonus content, all the bonus podcasts, any extra clips, stand-up clips. You know, you get voting rights, you know, very, very much um, an interesting topic, voting rights. You know, I feel very much like I am a 1960s president or something, you know. Um, but, you know, you get voting rights and, you know, you're just there from the start. You get all content if you're there. If you just want the podcasts, which is... Uh, the weekly bonus podcast I'm recording after this episode, which I'm sure, hey, will be another bundle of laughs because hasn't this episode been hysterical? <laughs> you know, it's been. Imagine you're saying to your friends, listen, you should listen to Dave Elliott's Sly Guy podcast. It's really funny. He's such a funny guy. You know, he's so. Um, he's such a a wild man. And then you come on, yeah, you know, sometimes I feel a bit shit and blah. But it is how it is. You know, this is a podcast. You get the ups, you get the downs, you get the funny. And then sometimes we get a bit more serious. But that's the nature of it. You know, so if you want the bonus podcast too, far over there. Um, this podcast I'm recording now is the 52nd bonus podcast that'll be on Patreon. So you have a hell of a back catalogue there, plus two episodes of Serial Killing It and more to come. So, yeah, there's lots to do over there. There's going to be some more changes being made once as well. I can get back with my boyfriend, Ben, and get some stuff filmed. So it's going to be a fun time over on Patreon. So get on board now if you want to be a, a rider sly, get the full access to everything, including early merch and tickets and stuff. Or if you just want to be a sly hard, you can get the bonus podcast for $2.00 pop on over i welcome one i welcome all speaking of things i welcome i welcome shave balls and dicks because hey the sci-fi podcast is brought to you by manscaped now manscaped are trying to cheer people up in 2021 by offering the best in men's below the waist grooming they have precision engineered tools for your family jewels and they've helped over two million men all across the world get rid of hair in their balls now i mean if ever there was a company with a slogan that you wanted that is it listen we've helped over two million men all over the world rid their hair off their balls rid their balls off hair 
you know um, and Manscaped are really trying to do that by making you fresh in 2021 with the perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the lawnmower 3.0 this waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce next to your two best friends the third generation trimmer even has a light to give you that glow up you need in 2021 baby doll it's also time to freshen up your balls whenever you're on the go with a crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer we already put deodorant in your armpits so why not get them ballsed up as well balls up your deodorant on your balls as well you don't want to be spraying a body spray down there and then your balls end up turning to ice and just fall off nah use the crop preserver and keep your balls smell fresh to death and um, they also have in there um the ball toner spray as well which is pretty dope you know that's exactly what you want you just give that a wee spritz make your bits feel incredible um, and they'll even throw in their shared travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably and speaking of comfort they've anti-chafing boxers in there too wow the best underwear you'll ever wear and guys hairy balls are so 2020 you know if you want to be 2021 you get your balls shaved alright girls too listen you don't want a bush you want a clean box <laughs> I mean there's nothing else to say you know you don't want to have a hairy box you know they there you go i can't say anything else um but if you want to have shave balls clean boxes and you want to get some manscaped gear for with 20 percent off of free shipping get to manscaped.com and use the code sly guy that's all caps sly guy you know it's valentine's day when i'm recording this i should have said it last week Give the gift of love. Give the gift of a Hollywood box. You know, that's what you want. 20% off a free ship at manscaped.com with the code SLYGUY. And listen, support this podcast. I know a lot of big podcasts all across the world have Manscaped as sponsors, sponsors, but listen, the wee guys, the most underrated podcast in the country needs your help. Get Manscaped, get your balls shaved up the hoods and so the sci-guy podcast is also brought to you in association with modest beer modest are an independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers uh, brewed and canned in hollywood county down modest are on a journey with one clear goal in mind and that's to bring exceptional brews to the local craft beer market modest are not here to revolutionize the craft beer movement oh no sirree bob they're just here to add to it with a brand that's joyous, responsible, honest and modest. If you're keen to know more, contact Modest Beer on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Modest Beer or www.modestbeer.co.uk to find your nearest stockist. Wow. That was a fun read. This episode's been a bit of a misery. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not feeling super hysterical this week, um, but listen, we'll troop on. And listen, I'll get annoyed about things, I'm sure, soon enough. Listeners' questions, let's hear what you've got this week. Michael Kerr, hey Dave, opinions on sea swimmers. Speaking of getting annoyed, that's something to get my blood boiling. But listen, Mick, we've been there, we've spoken about sea swimmers before. And I I don't want to get myself riled up anymore. Uh, Chris Porter has said... Do you agree that Vittorio Angeloni has gone from looking like Crusaders legend and IFA coaching fuck up Dermot O'Carroll to looking like the cop out of Pulp Fiction in Fucks the Gimp? I tell you what, I'm going to say I don't think Vittorio looks like Dermot O'Carroll, 
But what I will say is the cop in Pulp Fiction, he fucks the gimp. He looks a lot like that guy, to be fair. It's a very good lookalike call. And I'd be keen for you, if you listen to Vittorio's stuff, to get in touch with him and let him know that, because it's a great um, call. But in terms of, of the look, I think what you're saying is one guy's got short hair, one guy's got long yellow hair, which is what Vittorio has now. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of... Do I agree? No, I don't agree. He looks like Dermot Carl. I do think he looks like the cop that fucks the gimp. But I mean, what I will say with that particular look that he's gone for, I think if anybody, you know, goes out of their way to make themselves look more like Jimmy Savile than they already do, that's a problem. You know, and I think to go for that exact Savile hair problem, Vittorio cut it. Come on, my man. Um, Naomi Mitchell, lawyer accidentally goes into Zoom court with a cat filter and reassures the judge he isn't a cat. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. This guy goes on the Zoom. He's like, oh, I've hit a, hit a filter here. I'm not a cat. <laughs> I mean, that was classic. But definitely, if you're going to be putting a filter on a Zoom call to be a cat, don't be doing it when you're going into court. You know, especially if you're that guy who the lawyers represent, and you're like, I'm going to name a fuck Gerald, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, meow. You know, not a good idea. Sensei Flood said, here, Davey, he was thinking about a Patreon exclusive. You, me, Nathan Concilia, Violin Mick, all head down to Helen's Bay, align our chakras, praise the moon that's falling into Capricorn, and just have a whale of a time taking a dip. Now, I don't think we should do that. I'm not getting in the seawater because Helen's Bay is connected to a shipping channel. There's high mercury levels. If you can't eat the shellfish that comes out of there, I'm not putting my shellfish in the water. And in terms of like star signs, you know, they're a bit weird in my opinion. But listen, if it makes you happy, more power to you. Enjoy the star signs. Enjoy that personally yourself. Just, just live in the moment. But if you're telling people, you know to live their lives due to the forces of Aquarius and the pull of the fifth moon of Saturn, you know, maybe don't be giving people advice. Owen Kelly has said, Hey, Papa Gaptooth Stonehead, sexy guy, Owen. A few months back, I wrote in to say I was living the life of a 16-year-old virgin living with my parents in lockdown. Well, I passed my driving test today, so things are looking up. Congratulations, my man. And remember, keep it below 45 and make sure you keep baby wipes in the glove box. Um, Love the podcast, you funny, funny man. Keep it up. Thank you, and I appreciate that. You know what? If you're like Owen and you think I'm a funny, funny man, you want to support the podcast other than Patreon, you rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. You know, having a new review this week. Well, I have it a couple of five stars, which I appreciate, but I, I like a wee written review that can read in the podcast too. So, you know, if you want to do that, that would be absolutely great. Jack Core said, have you heard of Glenn the Psychic? He reminds me of you, Jack. I had not heard of Glenn the Psychic until you sent me that, and I checked him out. And you know what I liked? He's just a, a sassy Belfast guy. I don't know how much of a psychic he is, but he's classic. So I recommend that my listeners go on the Facebook Search Glenn the Psychic, support his page. Get behind this guy because he is classic and I have a lot of time for Glenn the Psychic. And, maybe, and you know what? I might actually break my policy of having no guests on the podcast and get Glenn the Psychic on because I, li- I like him a lot. And what's weird is Jack said he reminds Jack of me. I mean, that's an honour in and of itself. Matthew Johnson said, Papa Bear, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying raving it up on a Friday night, but I was just wondering if there's a Dave Rock down in the pipeline. Listen, guys, get in touch with Radio Ulster and say you want me to have my own rock show because I would do that. You know, I think that's what the people want to see. I want to play more rock. It's my favourite genre. And listen, I would do a, a, a Dave Rockdown 
any time, you know, SOE change from the rave lockdown, for sure. Now, spoke earlier about web sleuths. I, myself, was somewhat of a sleuth this week whenever I put all the pieces of the puzzle together to figure out H Star's real name. Helen, I know your name. Now, I figured it out because you wrote in for a shout-out to the Rave Lockdown and you requested a shout-out to the Starrett crew. And I was like, bingo, that may be what the star comes from. Starrett. St-. Whoa, uh, my mind just blew and I think I figured that out. So now I know what eight star means. I thought it was just some sort of nickname. I get what you've done there. I've cracked the code. Let me join the LAPD and solve the cases of people dying in water tanks. Um, Helen said, Helen is coming in hard with all the questions. Have I missed the questions? Only saying this now. How was your walk around the coast last week? So first of all, no, you haven't missed the questions because here it is. How was my walk around the coast last week? It was a lot of fun. Did I blister the feet of myself? Yes. But listen, it was worth it because it was a very enjoyable experience. Have you seen the Hotel Cecil on Netflix? Yes. I covered that at the start of the podcast. Also, where do you ask questions for the Patreon podcast? On the Patreon. I ask questions every week. I'm like The call out for questions is on Patreon. If the, the call out is still there, if you see it on Patreon, you still see there's a call for questions. That means I haven't recorded the Patreon podcast yet and you can still ask questions. So as it stands now, you can still ask questions because we're doing the Patreon podcast later on. All right, so that's how you do it. But thank you for the questions, Helen. And Phil McCambly has said... I know you're a big fan of Gervais and David Brent. My question is, who is the better comedy creation, David Brent or Alan Partridge? You know what? They're both great comedy creations. I myself prefer David Brent, but like in The Office. So like I liked him in the series, The Office and the spin-off and stuff, or the Christmas special. Didn't like him in Life on the Road. I think he, he became too much of a of a character in and of himself. I think he suited to the the, the surroundings better. So in that, I would say Alan Partridge probably is a, car, a comic creation, you know, is probably better because you can do him in other scenarios, you know, and, and take him out of, you know, the, the sitcoms that he's in and put him into just individual scenarios, whereas I wouldn't like Brent as much there. But in terms of like characters in a setting, no one's better than Brent, in my opinion. Um, That was a good question. I liked it. Shane Todd, when will you shave your head? Um... You know what? This guy can just fuck off because he's only asking when am I shaving his head, my head because he is getting at me for going bald. Now I know I'm going bald and I'm going to shave my head. It's just the time hasn't been right to do it, you know? Um, and the only reason he's asking that question is to get at me because he tried to grow a beard this week. Um, and like, he, he I went to the radio and I was like, he took his mask off and I was like, have you done? Are you growing that on purpose? He's just a beard on his lip and here, just just this part and here, you know. And I I said to him, is that on purpose? That you like? Why haven't you let a bit grow here or whatever? And I said to him, he looked like either Jimmy Kennedy, Adam Driver, or just a rat. You know, I said like, what is with that look? You know, and if he had just said to me, listen, you know, I just you know I I want to look a certain way, and I was like, well, what's that? A musketeer? And if he had just gone, yeah, you know, I want to look like Aramis. I'd have gone respect. You know, if you want to look like Aramis, that's the look you're going for, the musketeer beard. Fair play. If you'd have said to me, listen, I want to serve under Louis the Fourteenth, I said, you know, big respect to that too. But, you know, I just said, listen, I, 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 not a, just, that's not a good look. For me, the musketeer beard is not 
in fashion. It's similar to me going to him and saying, like with curtains and going, is this a good look? You'd be like, first of all, the curtains are definitely very much open there. And also, you know, they're very much not the current hairstyle. Do you know what I mean? So I'll just say no. And this guy is is just, he's, he's fucking obsessed with my podcast. Every week he'll ask a question on Twitter and it's always fucking snarky. Like I'll put a, put a, a tweet out and be like, oh, any questions? And he'll write no. And then every single week, without fail, there's little geeks that think it's really funny and I give it a like. <laughs> he's so funny. Oh, <laughs> what a funny guy. <laughs> when actually what he's doing is just getting at me because... Um, He's like an abuser, you know, he sees that, oh, uh, how dare they make fun of him, let's ridicule someone else to make them feel shit, you know, nah, not having it, and maybe if he's less obsessed with my podcast and focused a little bit more of his own podcast, maybe he could host it by himself without having to rely on a guest to come on and be funny every week, but I, I guess I suppose there's only so many times you can laugh at your own jokes and say your own name um, over and over again, so good luck to him, I wish him well. But don't get at me with but my fucking hair. Um, and on that note, actually, um, I need to promote our radio show, of course, the Shane Todd Show, Shane Todd's Ray of Lockdown on Shane Todd's BBC Radio Ulster between six thirty and or between six and seven thirty p.m. Shane Todd Radio Ulster. Um, Mark Beggs has said, "Good morning, big sexual." Ironically, that's what. My wife calls me too. What's your favourite comedy show while growing up? For me, it was Bottom with Ed Edmondson and Rick Mail. Brilliant show. Hashtag highly recommend. For me, growing up... Favourite show growing up was comedy-wise? That's a tough question. I mean, what South Park, you know, is probably, you know, the one that, like, as, as, a, as a teenager, I enjoyed South Park an awful lot. Um... So I was probably at South Park. There you go. Okay. Probably a terrible impression. And the last question from Red13 has said, do you prefer tea or coffee? And what is your favourite biscuit to accompany your hot drink of choice? I mean, I'm very much a, I'm a big fan of coffee and a big fan of tea. Uh, tea, breakfast tea in and of itself is probably hard to beat. But then I like a coffee. I like a black coffee. I like lattes. You know, it's hard to call. It's however the mood takes me. Currently, I'm drinking tea because it's a Sunday and I want to relax. Um, but, like, yeah, it's hard to call. It's a tough question. But what I do like to dip, I'll tell you what I can tell you. It's a chocolate hobnob would be my favourite biscuit to dip. Um, and that, that's that, really. That's as much as I can... I can really say on the matter, um, and that I think. Let me see. Oh shit! Nearly an hour-long episode this week. A uh, bit different, I guess. Um, but here we go. We've got to the end of the episode. We have covered a lot. Um, mightn't be the funniest Sci-Guy podcast in all-time history, but you know, it was it was fun, I guess, in some respects. And hopefully, if you haven't laughed this week, you maybe get. Maybe get something different out of it, you know. Hopefully, that if you are right there and you're feeling feeling locked down or feeling shit, you can, you know, we can chat about it, clear the head a bit, share a problem, problem shared's a problem halved, and yeah, we just gotta gotta keep trundling on and on the next week's podcast. If you want to listen to more of this riveting content, get over to Patreon and subscribe there. If you haven't already written review the podcast, please do that as well. Check out all the sponsors as well. The links are in the bio. And if you haven't yet, buy tickets to my Ulster Hall show on December 
17th. Other than that, guys, take care of yourselves. And I'll see you next week. Alrighty. Bye. I'm the slack guy.